Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 289 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word. May we learn more about you today as we read. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus tells the parable of the king who invited his people to come to his son's wedding feast. Imagine being invited to a royal wedding. God invited his chosen people, but they rejected the invitation. They even insulted, hurt, and killed the messengers who came to invite them. Then others were invited, those who weren't royal, but they were invited nonetheless. Verse 4 stands out to me where everything was prepared for the guests. God makes all the preparations for us to come to him and celebrate with him. He sent his son to make it so. Then we read about the man who was thrown out of the celebration. He was dressed improperly, although he wanted to participate in all the goodness of this royal event. Even though this person wanted to participate, God could see through him and knew his heart was not seeking after his. So he was cast out. May our hearts always seek the Lord. Next, we read about the Pharisees sending people to Jesus to try and catch him saying something treasonous. However, he shows himself to be honorable in every way. Even though he is far greater than Caesar could ever have been, he told the people to pay what was due and owing to Caesar as well as pay God what is owed to him. The people continued to test him and he continued to answer them with wisdom. Last, They asked Jesus about the greatest commandment to which he gave them the great commandment and golden rule. And he tells them these two commandments sum up the law, love God and love others. This is the new covenant that Jesus came to give us, a covenant of love. Let's see what we can learn from Hebrews chapter 3. The author tells us that we should honor Jesus. Verses 4 and 6 say, For of course, every house is built and furnished by someone, but the builder of all things and the furnisher of the entire equipment of all things is God. But Christ the Messiah was faithful over his own father's house as a son and master of it. And it is we who are now members of this house. If we hold fast and firm to the end, our joyful and exultant confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ... God is the creator of all things, the builder of all things, and the furnisher of all things. It is all his. We are fortunate to live in his home and be a part of his family through Christ. We are the fortunate recipients of all we have because of Christ. God is our provider, both here and in heaven. He sent his son to make sure we spend eternity with him. Our hope rests in Jesus. Let us hope in him and be thankful for his sacrifice to make us his. Verses 7 and 8 say, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as happened in the rebellion of Israel and their provocation and embitterment of me in the day of testing and in the wilderness, where your fathers tried my patience and tested my forbearance and found I stood their test and they saw my work for 40 years. We have read many pages about the Israelites' hard hearts. They were unable to enter God's rest because of their unbelief and hard hearts. Let us pray the Lord keeps our hearts soft toward him, no matter the difficulties and trials we face here on earth. Hebrews encourages us to hold on to the first confidence we had in Christ. Let us remember the blessings and miracles the Lord has given us and meditate on them when hard times come. God is good and he is faithful. His son is proof of his everlasting love. 
Let's see what Jeremiah is prophesying in chapter 21. This chapter jumps some 20 years into the future from our last chapter. Babylon had already come against Jerusalem. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been captured and taken to Babylon because the king took the best of the best from Jerusalem for himself, including the treasures from God's house. There wasn't much left when this chapter begins. However, King Zedekiah still sat on the throne and sent another chief magistrate to Jeremiah asking if God is going to have mercy on them and help them win against another sweep of the city by the Babylonians. However, Jeremiah gives them bad news. God will fight against them, not for them. He will send famine and pestilence to them, which will kill many. Those who survive will be taken into captivity. So instead of Jeremiah telling the king they will be saved, he encourages them to surrender. In chapter 20, Jeremiah tells the king to rule with justice. God wanted the poor, the orphans, and the widows cared for. He wanted the wealthy to give up their evil ways. Once again, the Lord asks for them to do the right thing, but if they don't, the Lord will ruin them. And all this destruction will come about because of their disobedience, hard hearts, and worshiping other gods. Jeremiah mentions various kings and prophets who took advantage of people and were unrighteous in other ways. Their hearts sought after earthly things which they obtained through oppressing the people. And Jeremiah foretold of their ultimate death in captivity. None of these men will return to Jerusalem. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 108. It is written by King David, likely after a battle he had won. The first half of the psalm is one of praise to the Lord. I am particularly drawn to the praise he sings early in the morning. He always gives his early mornings to God. In Psalm 5-3, he wrote, In the morning you hear my voice, O Lord. In the morning I prepare a prayer, a sacrifice, for you and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. And here in Psalm 108, he sings praises to the Lord early in the morning as well. Our early time with the Lord is so important. In the quiet, we can be more in tune with our Creator. We hear his gentle whispers. May we intentionally spend some early morning time with the Lord before the busyness and stress settles in. The second part of this psalm is a prayer for God's help to fight King David's enemies. Verse 13 says, Through and with God we shall do valiantly, for he it is who shall tread down our adversaries. King David demonstrates the power of thanksgiving and praise, the power of prayer and petition, and the power of Almighty God. And he does this all in the early morning. I often wonder if this is why he operated in God's power so much more than most people do. Let us seek to learn more and imitate his early morning practice. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for being the great God and creator that you are. Father, we praise your name for who you are. Lord, we thank you for creating each and every one of us. Father, keep our hearts soft toward you. Help us be obedient to you. Help us seek after you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.